Hello, hello. Welcome to Mixtape and Identity. I'm your host, Shane. My guest this week is full-time podcaster, Joel Dusher. Thank you so much for joining me for the 14th case of Mixtape and Identity. My guest this week is Joel Dusher. Joel's podcasts and his community are a huge part of my origin story and getting to this point and having my own podcast so it was an absolute pleasure to have him on I was a little bit worried about some of his choices I'd never heard of Tism for example and they scared me but the conversation was was great it was a really fun time and I'm really excited for you to listen to it if this is your first time listening to the show then just let you know the playlists are released in advance of the podcast so you can hear those ahead of the show uh, go and follow us on the socials at mixtape and id on on twitter but definitely at mixtape and identity on instagram there's some amazing artwork that's gone alongside this episode uh, done by a good friend of the show ellen so definitely go and check that out it is so cool i'm really excited about it i'll be back at the end of the episode but for now we'll get into episode 14 of mixtape and identity with joel disher How often do you actually listen to music these days? Uh, I'm like a everyday kind of guy. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, I went through a phase, I guess, where I was starting to throw on podcasts like more and more, which mm-hmm. I guess makes sense considering it is my line of work, I guess. But yeah, uh, recently I've phased yeah. way back into just being like multiple albums a day rather than uh, multiple podcasts. Sure. And is it albums you typically yeah. go for then? Rather yeah, than I usually go for yeah. albums. Um, I will occasionally throw on a playlist, but I would say that's like a once a week kind of thing where, yeah, I will just listen right. to a full album again, like multiple times a day. Is it the same album multiple times a day? No, 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 no. I mean, sometimes oh, okay. if I'm feeling an album big time, I might listen to it twice, yeah. but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a... And I know, like, there's definitely people out there that do this, but I'm not a one song on repeat or one album on repeat type of person. There's so much music. Right. I can just listen to heaps of different stuff. That's true. That's true. And are you trying to find new stuff then, or do you go back to old things? Um, kind of depends. Uh, what might happen is... Well, I guess I'm always, like, kind of on the lookout for new stuff, but because, uh, like, I see a lot of live music as well, um, especially, mm. like, local stuff which means that a lot of the time local bills have like three or four bands on it and I'll know one or two. So like seeing them live is a great way to discover them, but then also like Spotify mm. just suggesting stuff to me being like, Hey, you've listened to right, four okay. albums by this band today. Why don't you try this? And I'm like, all right, let's give it a red hot crack. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Yeah. Cause the, the playlist strikes me as, um, I mean, obviously there's some some stuff I wasn't familiar with but there's there's quite a lot of stuff that yeah would be old familiar stuff to me as well so I felt like that um you mentioned live music so I always ask this but what's the what's the best live show you've seen or the best live performance this is a tough one and um I had to put it together a top five for a podcast I went on once and it I think okay. took an entire week off my life just trying to think of it <laughs> um a couple that came to mind were I saw Flaming Lips um, when they were touring, 
like embryonic in like 2009 and i my introduction to their music was seeing them live because my friend won a ticket to their show and he was like hey you should come um but he was underage at the time and the venue that we were going to was split into like over 18 standing area and the seats were all ages Mm -hmm. and the ticket was a standing area ticket so we got there and he was like oh shit i'm not gonna be with you and i was like oh that's cool like I'll just like, you know, chill out, see if I like the band. And yeah, they started and I just got covered in confetti and I was like, couldn't stop smiling the whole show. Um, yeah. Otherwise, like I've been to a couple of shows where they've been memorable, but for a different reason. Like, um, mm-hmm. I went to a show once that turned out, like turned into like literally a band and the entire crowd fighting, um, which oh, was... Like, that obviously sounds like a bad experience, but the type of band <laughs> that it was, they're, like... Yeah. V- like, they've been very actively annoying at venues that's seen them before, and I love their music. and kind of liked mm-hmm. that they were just dicks. Uh, mostly to each other. Um, I went to a different show once where the lead singer threw his pint glass at the guitarist, and, yeah, it was just... I was like, hell yeah, this is one day gonna <laughs> go bad. And it did, at this show I was at. Yeah. Where, um, they're, like, a, yeah, real, like kind of bratty punk band but uh the lead singer is a dude so like having a bratty dude front of band it gave the whole band like it was just like a really different ish vibe i guess and uh-huh. um they were playing in like a pub basically that didn't have a band room so it was just in the main right. room and uh it was in a relatively uh working class and rough area in victoria in australia and uh, okay. just at the start of their set, a whole bunch of tradies came in for knockoff drinks and was standing there and kind of hassling the band a bit. And the lead singer decided he was going to give... So the lead singer would be like a guy, probably like 30, decided he was going to give uh-huh. this like 45-year-old tradie that's near the start just hassling and just like knocking back pints <laughs> a kiss mid-set. Yeah. And it did Ooh. not go well. Like arms legs glasses just went like erupted immediately um but the band finished their set and it was yeah really weird energy in the room and loved it (laughs) (laughs) um and what's it what's the first music that you've uh, that you owned or, or bought so the first album i bought myself um because i i when i was a kid i used to buy singles a lot um Mm. so i remember buying myself stuff like the lose yourself single um something is going to come up on the playlist i also remember buying why don't you get a job by the offspring but i think the first actual album i bought uh was bullet in a bible the live green day album okay um that's the first one i can remember buying with my own money it's not the first album i earned Mm. but i had like um millennium by backstreet boys i remember owning that i remember owning the hansen album but they would have been given Mm. to me where bullet in a bible was my own money Right, okay. Did that feel like your music then? When you bought it? Um, yeah, it also... Uh, fe- yeah. I think I'd had that experience, though, with the singles. Especially because I was buying stuff that my parents would not have let me listen to on the radio. So, I I think by the time I got to board on a Bible, I was just like, Hell yeah, I love Green Day. Can't believe that I'm going to see these band live soon. I'm 14 yeah. and a shithead. <laughs> Yeah, I've been there. I've yeah. Been there. <laughs> Alrighty, so we'll jump into the playlist then. So the first song on the list is a song you fell in love with straight away. Mm-hmm. So you've picked Undone, the sweater song. Yes. Uh, so 
the first time I heard this song, I was in high school, and it was like, so I think I had like, like I'm 30 at the time of recording, and <laughs> I think that my introduction to music would probably pretty much be identical to a lot of 30 year old guys, which was like mostly through like, like pop punky kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. right at the start of high school or like, like yeah, very late preteens to early teens. A lot of just like hell yeah a couple of boys in a band being a bit rude and playing fast and sloppy i love music now um yeah. but yeah a couple of years after that i would have been like 14 or 15 was when i started getting into like i guess getting closer to what would just be called like emo music with like jimmy world mm. and stuff like that but i distinctly remember being like hearing about the blue album by weezer just like online and being like it's so weird none of my friends are talking about this because it seems up at alley and like mm-hmm. I, lo- I was listening to, I remember listening to the album in full and like I knew Buddy Holly already but then like when Undone the Sweater song started because it's like a it kind of has more of like a because the album's like like grungy Beach Boys or whatever which is why they got super popular and then when Pinkerton came out they kind of shit on that and everyone was like we hate this band now even though Pinkerton rules so much um, uh-huh. Undone the Sweater song it's kind of like a kind of like what indie bands started doing later on where it's like guitar-y but also the lead singer is clearly going through it and like the mm. the song's like a mess but like intentionally like the gang vocals where the band isn't singing the same thing as each other there's piano mm-hmm. right at the end even though there's no piano on any of any of the other songs on the album and they don't really play anything they just kind of hit it at this i just remember listening to it and being like holy shit i didn't know you could do this like <laughs> mm. and yeah. um it's like so fun but also like a bit like yeah like it's a good song to yell along to and again it does feel a little Mm. bit like rivers lead singer of weezer was like losing his mind writing this and then like yeah at that this period of time was um like it just like got me into the band big time and weezer are a band that even though they are notorious for having a varied career and a kind way um, like this, got, like hearing this song, like I reckon the first time I was sucked in big time, and like I spent a lot of time yeah. on like Weezer fan forums and stuff like that. Like I'm one of those guys that has heard like all the Weezer demos, and like, right, yeah, it's just like, yeah, this song almost like got me into, like, it just opened everything up for me. Yeah, yeah, it still rips now. Great song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I wasn't particularly into Weezer. Yeah. So I'm also 30 time of recording. And I wasn't particularly <laughs> into Weezer, but um I had a similar sort of experience listening to some of the other bands that you've listed, like yeah. uh, like The Offspring, for example. Um that feeling that you described is exactly it of listening to something and going, I didn't know they were allowed to do that. Yeah. Because my dad's music, my mom's music was very like my dad's music is very like Bruce Springsteen, which is mostly sort of very polished rock and roll yeah and my mom was into very polished kind of pop yeah so then when you have something where yeah everything's every, everything is so chaotic yeah like I didn't yeah what are you doing yeah and I, I think, like it I don't know why I like it but I like it it's also like because like the Blue Album is pretty polished like as in like it's grungy-ish well it's grungy and has like mm. some like big guitar parts and like there's definitely songs that kind of feel like that um the band is like falling to pieces before bringing it back together but most of the songs are like really tight <laughs> sounding so to have 
the yeah. sweater song just like bang in the middle of the album it's so good mm. god yeah, I love that song absolutely. so much <laughs> song two then a song that took you a while is Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy yes so I've called myself a shithead multiple times in this episode already it's been going for about 10 minutes and it's gonna happen again yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why I fought this but again it's kind of the same era which is weird because I listened to things like Jimmy Eat World but I think because no one at this point in time was talking about Jimmy Eat World and they had a song on Tony Hawk so like in my brain I didn't associate them mm. like this like kind of pop punky emo scene that like was coming up big time while I was in early high school I was just yeah. like it sucks it's not real punk I'm a yeah. idiot a big shit head kid uh, don't talk to me about Fallout Boy or My Chem. <laughs> talk to me about The Living End, a definitely much better band. Um, for the record, The Living End have aged terribly and are awful. I'm allowed to say mm-hmm. that uh, they're from Melbourne. I'm from Melbourne. It's fine. Um, okay. But yeah, God, that I spent so much of my time. I've wasted so much of my youth with The Living End when I could have just listened to a good band. Um, Enjoyed yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, like dating in high school and stuff like that um i had like a long term for high school girlfriend of like two Uh and a half years which is huge um yeah and she was like super into like fallout boy and stuff like that and dance dance i always knew like secretly ripped and was so catchy and so good and was everything i liked and for some reason Mm. i just took ages but yeah then one day i heard it i was like no you know what this is a great song um and yeah like I really like Fallout Boy now especially like this era um I mm. finally ex- accepted it and yeah like, again wish wish I had just been like hell yeah this is this is my this is my shit cause it definitely yeah. is like From Under the Cold Tree is great I really really like um uh their first album as well which his name has uh Take This to Your Grave really good album mm-hmm. I like all of the music from that era yeah. yeah dance dance it's so good i don't know why i ever told anyone i didn't like it even though like those were, yeah i was telling myself i didn't like it no good it's a great song I, I i i can't believe how similar this is to to my experience with with fallout boy um but i i do know the reason i didn't like them and it's, it's dumb i'm not gonna pretend it's not dumb um i i kind of liked fallout boy kind of got into some of their music and then I don't know what the album's called, but that album where all the song titles were like long turns of phrase and we jokey titles. Uh, that would be from under the cold trees. Same as Dance Dance. From under the, okay. For, for for whatever reason, that that album just really wound me the fuck up. I was like, <laughs> it just it just every song title. I was like, that doesn't that works on one level. That's not how a joke works. That's it you've twisted a turn you've used just the same phrase or the same word in two different ways and that doesn't that's not funny and i don't know why it annoyed me so much but it just it just did shame and as a result, for my real friends and sh- uh real pain for my sham friends get <laughs> fucked what what no the one that really got me and I've, I've mentioned this before on the show but the one that really got me was that i've got all this ringing in my ears and none of my fingers i'm like what what you're listening to live music but you're not engaged what the fuck what are you talking about sorry um <laughs> get a little angry there uh, so so yeah like, i i've 
<laughs> I have no idea. And yeah, so that was the reason that I just didn't connect with Fallout Boy. And yeah, it's this sort of sort of shithead teenage mentality yeah. that well, I just yeah. If I had fucking opened up Wikipedia at once, my goddamn teenage life, which definitely existed, would have looked at the yeah. members of Fallout Boy and been like, "Oh shit, three out of four. Well, four if you don't include just live performances played in like hardcore bands. So like, mm. it's not like they're just like industry plants. Like they they were just like, well, what if we just start playing like more like poppy emo kind of mm. influence music? Because yeah, like." The bands that Fallout Boy's members came from are like power violence bands, hardcore bands, like bands that were notorious for like like live performances that were just going to hell. Like that's cool, and it's also crazy that they went into form Fallout Boy. Um, so yeah, like again, if I'd have known that, I would have been like the real deal. I'm an idiot kid. Also, I'm like 14 at this point in time, and I don't know why I'm deciding what's punk and what's not. I wear a fucking tie when well, I go to school. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah that was that yeah that's that's the thing for me looking back is like like i i knew nothing and yeah. i still decided to to judge them and now like i i just this generally that type of music is just not my thing anymore yeah i i just my my tastes have changed and i think i can accept that i should have just given them a chance when i was younger but yeah the, the doors closed essentially yeah but Dance Dance was the one Fallout Boy song that I would have said to anyone who would have listened to me for more than 30 seconds talk about Fallout Boy. That's the song that I was totally on board with. Yeah. If I was anywhere in a room with a bass guitar, I was playing that riff because it just slaps. It's so fucking good. Did you and ever uh, attempt the Pete, Pete Wentz moves, like swinging the bass around or doing the spin while playing the song? <laughs> My, yeah, my um, my friend in the band very unironically did all the all the moves. Hell yeah! He got himself a uh, yeah, he got a uh, he he did his research as well. He got his guitar had strap locks, so it would uh, it would stay on his neck yeah. when he did it, and he he worked out where he needed to put the cable and everything so he could he could do it. So that's sick. um, yeah, I, um... it was never my thing, but like. Yeah, at the time I was like, "That's just so cringe," and now I look, like, yeah, he just he just didn't give a shit, and it was great. Yeah, so um, seeing bands do yeah. stuff like I w- at this point I would have seen live bands hundreds of times, like hundreds of different mm. live bands, and like seeing stuff like that, that's just like that's like enough. That's enough. Like if someone does something like that with a guitar, that's enough. Where I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna remember this band. That's sick." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like one one of the one of the things that really stands out to me about um like one show that I've seen is McFly, mm-hmm. and the reason it stands out to me is that um the bass player had a had a he had a his guitar had lasers at the top, so that the strings basically just continued. Yeah, um, uh, like front and back. Um, and yeah, like that that show was great. And I'm not massively into McFly, but yeah, that was the one thing that they did where I was like. I yeah yeah. that'll be locked in forever yeah I saw actually I don't even think I saw them I'm pretty sure friends saw them Um, anyway friends Ferdinand did the same thing with their guitars on like the tour for their Mm. third album the synthy one that I can't remember tonight that's the name of the album anyway tonight yeah yeah it did the same thing lasers are cool Mm. and I saw block party when they did when they played flux their synth did the same thing Mm. cool Um, stuff lasers are cool 
Franz Ferdinand like gathered around one get one drum uh, <laughs> as part of their live performance and just slapped the shit out of it, and it was the, one of the best things I've ever seen. It's incredible. <laughs> like they had a tray from the bar as well. It was all just because they're very dancey. Actually, they're like yeah. an indie band, but when they're live, they're like they're very much sort of like dance music kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, it was very very different, but it was yeah, it was a great show. Uh, anyway, we'll get back on track here. Uh, song three, a song from your introduction to music. So you're going with TNT by ACDC. Yeah, sir. My dad. Or do I have to call him Akadaka if I'm speaking? No, to him hey, ACDC is totally fine. In fact, I don't think I've ever. Okay. I yeah, I call him ACDC still. Um, okay. Yeah, sir. My dad got me into music, I guess, because he used to make playlists of like. And like my dad is not a gym junkie or like a workouty kind of guy, but for some reason he mm. used to just make mixtapes of just like huge pump up songs. And um, I remember hearing TNT very early on and being like, "That's fun." Like I know a mm. lot of people like kind of probably had this experience with something like Thunderstruck, but like the reaction people have to Thunderstruck is what I had to TNT because just because right. of these tapes and stuff like that. TNT was the ACDC song I heard first. Um, so yeah, every time I hear it, it's like, yeah, one of the first, like, song-related memories I have. But yeah, these tapes were just, like, non-stop pump-up songs. So you'd have, like, TNT, Eye of the Tiger, Playing to Win, uh, Holding Out for a Hero, like, just, like, I don't know what Dad was doing, but he would have been feeling (laughs) 10 out of 10 all the time, because, oh, like, we are the champions and we will rock you. Like, any song you can think of that would make you feel like you can do that extra set at the gym that the entire like it was yeah. like both sides of a tape full of music like that wow all rise yeah <laughs> it was like the rise and fall it's just up 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 yeah there was no yeah. like that, yeah that sounded like I was really I was campaigning for all rise by blue there to be on that <laughs> list but no I just meant that it was up and up and up um yeah uh, no, huge so yeah shout out to dad for just being like yeah, I could I could never imagine him li- listening to like a sad song. I can only imagine him listening mm-hmm. to a song that would like give him enough energy to run up a set of stairs like Rocky. <laughs> Excellent. When I was listening to this, I had a real sort of like a real moment of I am an idiot because I when I listened to ACDC, mm-hmm. it never connected with me that they were Australian. Um, <laughs> well, they've got a weird relationship with Australia because I think they're Australian, but I think, like, three out of four of the members weren't actually born in Australia. They just, like, moved here very early. And then... Right. Like, a lot of their big albums weren't recorded in Australia. Like, Back in Black was recorded in, like... Um, uh, it was, like, a tropical island somewhere. Two weeks... Uh, okay. Two months after their lead singer just died. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, ACDC. Oh. Tasteful. <laughs> it's a real Sandler move, that. Yeah. Um, they... So, yeah, like... I think it was just that it it was never important to me where they were from and it just never registered with me and then it was one of those things where I found out they were Australian and then makes sense listening to their music yeah and then then when you sent me this list and I listened to this song I was like that's the most Australian thing I've ever heard that like oi at the start yeah like and I don't know how my brain never made that connection I think um, um, because yeah uh ACDC's first lead singer Bon Scott is definitely more Australian than um, the guy who replaced him whose name I've forgotten no idea okay, I'm, I'm not going to help you there I'm afraid 
Yeah, that's fine. We'll never know, and it'll come <laughs> back to me in like 15 minutes because this is definitely something I do know. Um, <laughs> all right, I look forward to it. Yeah. Song four, then a song that makes you happy is Race for the Prize by yeah. Flaming Lips. So that's the song they opened with when I saw them that time, and also, like, it's just like the biggest, happiest sounding opening to a song. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, and like, like it's the, the opening track of Soft Bulletin, which is Flaming Lips, like, big, like, it's the album that, like, when they dropped it, everyone was like, oh, shit, this, like, like, indie band from, like, the 80s that people don't really talk about anymore, or, like, She Don't mm. Use Jolly band just, like, dropped this, like, huge album about, like, it's, like, sort of a concept album about the lead singer losing his dad, but then also it's, like, very sci-fi and also has moments like this song, which just sound like bliss. Um, mm. And, like, now when I hear it, I can't not hear, like, confetti cannons and stuff like that going off at the same time and Wayne Coyne holding, like, a wizard wand thing. Their live shows are right. nuts. Okay. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen any clips of the Flaming Lips live or haven't seen them live, so, like, a lot of the time the lead singer, um, well, the first time I saw them, they had a huge video wall that had a door in it, and it was, like, a uh -huh. psychedelic birth scene was playing on it, and then the door opened, and the lead singer rolled out in a big inflatable ball, rolled directly onto the crowd, rolled around on the crowd for a bit as the band set up, the band started playing, he came, rolled back onto the stage, got out of the ball the song started he like hit a gong in time with the as the song kicked in and then just confetti cannons just rained over the crowd and like wow. they have a huge 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 lighting setup and because they're not a massive band they're never always playing it's kind of like arena light setup but in like a mid-tier venue so it's just like the most mm. overwhelming sensory experience of your entire life and right. um yeah, I've seen them a couple of times, and every time it's the same thing of just like, oh, I wonder if they're still like the same kind of like hectic live, and then they start, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, okay, we're, we're back. <laughs> Excellent. So you have that then for this song, you have that sort of combination of quite a blissful song yeah. connected with a very happy memory. Yeah, and um, it's just like a happy sounding song. Like, I reckon the. Mm. Although, I, I guess it is kind of hard to say because the first time I heard it was live so it's um mm. yeah hard to separate that but yeah like I've put this album on many a times and uh the moment it starts it's impossible not to be happy but then the album takes a real sad yeah. turn so uh I'm gonna listen to mm. like I guess side A if you uh want to stay out yeah <laughs> fair enough yeah cause when I when I listened to this song um I it didn't strike me as a as a joyous song but the sort of the yeah, bliss is a good word for it, but that kind of like chilled, almost ethereal kind of quality to it is what I got from it. Yeah. So, because I think from doing this show, people are interpreting happy differently, and and yeah, you know, most people are going for that sort of like poppy, up tempo kind of vibe, but that blissful feeling, that um, that uh, peaceful feeling, yeah. maybe. Is, uh, is another uh, avenue that a lot of people go on down so it makes a lot of sense based on yeah it was always going to be like something like as well. yeah like a blissfully sounding song like this or like something like that would have got me amped at a live show or something like I wouldn't have picked mm. um anything that just sounds happy it would have been like this or like a 
I don't know, like a turnstile song, like a borderline, very intense song, but just because I'll be like, yeah, it sounds like partying to me. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Song five, then, is a song that makes you sad. So you're going with 30 by Danny Bryan. Yeah, so this is another, like, full album experience, sadness of, um... So, Triple X by Danny Brown. And, to be honest, all Danny Brown albums do this, where there's so many songs that are just, like, so fun, and then he always hits you with, like, a, ha 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 ha, no, but I have a horrible life, and I, like, all of these drugs I'm singing about are a big problem. But 30, in particular, is the closing track of yeah, Triple X, which, hey, that's it's technically also the title track, because, like, Triple X, Roman Numerals 30, whoa. Um, yeah, he's just, like, because this was his big, like, first big break of an album. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, the opening tracks and stuff like that, there's hints of it throughout the album, and, like, some of it just sounds, like, not ironic, but just, like, him being kind of dumb. So, like, one of the first songs of the album is called Die Like a Rockstar, and he's just rapping about how, like pretty much like all the people in like the 27 club and like how Mm. it's sick like that's cool they went out and you're like well yeah okay good stuff funny but then you get to 30 the last track and he's just like uh i've been doing this for like 10 years and if this isn't my big break like i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life i've thrown everything at this um and yeah he's just like i yeah i'm probably the next person to od so um yeah, and you're just like, oh, okay, this man is, like, on the edge. Um, yeah, shit. Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, and just, like, I remember the first time I heard it and, like, listening to it, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. It kind of made me feel bad for liking the album, which I will say is a modern classic. It's so good. Um, if right. you haven't heard Triple X in full, I'd recommend it. It's got the weirdest beats, but also it's so likable, and, like, there's so many very catchy songs, and it's also, like, yeah... It doesn't do that, like, hip-hop thing of being way too bloated. Danny Brown's really good at albums. Like, he usually brings his in around, like, 50 to 60 minutes. Doesn't do the whole... A CD can fit 75 minutes, so I'm going to put 75 minutes of music on this. Um, Right, yeah. Which, yeah, I'm glad hip-hop and rap has sort of stepped away from, because it really made albums a a chore for a while. Sure. But, um, yeah... I mean, like, there's a lot of music that I listen to that, I guess, technically makes me sad, because I listen to a lot of, like, um, yeah, like, screamo and stuff like that, and a lot of, like, that's always, like, one or two steps ahead of, like, emo music, where it's just like, oh, okay, you're, you, you guys are, like, in trouble, this isn't, like, singing about, like, a breakup anymore, this is, like, a horrible, horrible thing that's happened in your life, um, but yeah, like, not as fun to talk about as Danny Brown, who is someone I absolutely adore. And uh, this is probably a good point in the list uh, to point out that, like, a lot of the stuff on here, there was, like, multiple songs that came to my brain for every one of these. And I just tried to pick, I guess, like, make sure that, like, my favorite artists were represented. So this is a good place to put Danny Brown. Um, but yeah, this song does really bum me out, but it's also one of his best songs. So, because, um, yeah, making any type of list of music is something I love doing but also my brain just goes at 110% and I'm like am I happy with this choice is this actually what I feel so yeah I figure the best way to do it was be like make sure that uh, all the artists I listen to like quite like a lot and um, I guess formed me as a person that they're represented here 
Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, I just had to do a quick Google there to make sure that Danny Brown was still going. Cause oh, yeah. Would he, um, sad if, uh, he's he's all good. He well, dead. not all good now, but he's definitely in a better place now. He streams on Twitch. Mm. He's releasing a 10-year follow-up to this album, which is was originally called 40, but now I think has a... I think it's called 40, but in like Spanish now or something. Anyway, that's coming out okay. this year. Very excited. Um, but yeah, cool. he um, started a record label, released like six albums last year. He's never been better. That's good. That's good. That is a relief. It'd yeah. Be a very dark note for the podcast. But, oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, I would have absolutely <laughs> um, probably not said any of that stuff if it went the way that the song threatens it to go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's fair enough. He's also someone that I like have seen live and just like blew the roof off the venue. I went to a show yeah. that was Danny Brown, Run the Jewels, and Earl Sweatshirt, and this was like, mm. it was kind. It was a really weird bill because none of them have really like exploded or like taken to Australia yet. So mm. it was kind of weird to have all of them touring together because they're all international artists. And, right. Um, okay. Yeah. It was a relatively cheap show, like fifty Australian dollars, which is like for three international artists that's insane like Australia mm. um, for any any listeners and I'm sure there would be a few uh, that aren't from Australia um, mm. our gig prices are awful because Australia is so far away from everything um, yeah like yeah. live music so expensive I remember when I was in high school there was because we used to for some reason Australia just had heaps of one day music festivals like we've yeah. only yeah and like I remember one of them that I used to go to um, called Soundwave, which was like an alternative punk and metal festival. Basically, think Download, but one day. Um, okay. Set the record for most expensive single day festival ever. And I was like, oh, oh okay, Jesus. cool. Um, <laughs> that gives me an indication of, like, yeah, what's going on. Because, yeah, I'd, like online and stuff like that, I'd be like, seen other festivals. I'm like, oh, I guess because, like, of exchange rates and stuff like that, that's about the same price. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Australia was yeah. yeah summer music festivals in Australia was so expensive um, mm. and then they all caved because people stopped paying money for them um, but yeah uh, so yeah saw Danny Brown Earl Sweatshirt and Run the Jewels this was like Run the Jewels just after they'd released their first album Danny Brown like Dip was out but hadn't quite taken off yet and yeah like the, it was just like insane seeing all of these people mm. like just like you know, just like watching moment. them and yeah being like oh okay this is going to be all of this is going to be enormous like yeah and it it was yeah yeah oh, that's great um excellent so song six then a song to relax to is ladies and gentlemen we are floating in space by spiritualized yeah this was almost a song that makes me sad as well but i was like oh it's not really like oh, a yeah. sad um feeling it's yeah more an at peace feeling so relaxed to sort of make sense um yeah this is yeah again one of my favorite songs i really 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 like spiritualized um i really like spaceman 3 which is where jay spaceman started before he became spiritualized um i've said for like i reckon since i first heard this song i was like this could be my funeral song hell yeah but then recently i watched the movie vanilla sky and there's a mm -hmm. funeral in that movie and this song plays and i was like i can't i can't do this <laughs> like 
I'm either going to have to become the biggest Vanilla Sky fan in yeah. the world or pick a different song. <laughs> but yeah, that was real Imagine weird. That happened every- yeah, everyone there is just like, was he really into Vanilla Sky? No, it's a separate <laughs> thing. A separate? Really? Yeah, that's weird because this is a very specific song choice. Like, we've never heard this song except for in Vanilla Sky. A movie that for some reason. Movie. Yeah, everyone saw and hated because it's weird, but we loved Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruise and Cameron Diaz. And this is when Tom Cruise and Al Nicole, because I'm in Australia, we used to just call Nicole Kidman Al Nicole, uh, had originally broken up. And there were so many rumors about uh, Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruise because of the chemistry in this movie. But it's a, such a weird movie. I don't understand what happened. Was it a dream? Was it not? Anyway, we've given all our money to Vanilla Sky and now Joel's dead and he's does he love Vanilla Sky I remember the scene from Vanilla Sky that's yeah that's what my funeral is going to be like people are going to be talking about yeah. it for a long time anyway yeah, who who died yeah. Tom Cruise what I, I don't know what's going on where am I I need to get to a video store <laughs> that was all um, a dream yeah um yeah just that's such a good song and it's so clever and like the first version I heard was because it uh, takes a bit of uh, Can't Help But Fall In Love With You by Elvis. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, so the original version of this song features, like, an enti- the entire same chorus, but they got mm. sued because, um, yeah, it didn't get cleared properly. Because they ripped off a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> then they re-released re- re- the album with, like, a slightly reworking. And I like the reworking better. But yeah, the first mm. version I heard was the Elvis version, um, and yeah, it's just right. like it's like a nice song, but also a big tinge of sadness. But then also, um, yeah, it's just like it feels like you're floating in space listening to it. Yeah, I think it does. Also, this is—I don't know—I don't think this is an interesting story at all. But it's just something I know about this song. So this album, ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space, and "Urban Hymns" by yeah. The Verve are about the same person because. The lead singer of Spiritualized was dating someone, and then the lead singer of The Verve met them and then broke up with Jay Spaceman to date the lead singer of The Verve. So, like, Bittersweet Symphony and Ladies and Gentlemen Floating in Space are, like, basically about the same person. Holy shit. Or inspired by the same person, at least. What a muse. Yeah. Um, I was going to say about this song, um, Matt's Music House. Yeah. I know you know. Friend of the show, Matt's Music House. He used the phrase when he was talking about his relaxing song, which is that the song washes over you. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good description, actually, for this song, because yeah. I think the way the the vocals and everything else are layered, it it does, it comes in waves. Yeah. So it does feel like you're sort of like in the middle of the ocean or it's like, it is just, it's like this isolation pod kind of feeling, but there is this sort of waves lapping up against you or like it does wash over you it's uh it's 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 really really well done like with a good good set of headphones it's a it's a really yeah, it's incredible like, listen um and it's the opening track of an album it's the title track of the album mm-hmm. and so the album opens with this and then goes straight into like a big rocking song so like it's like listening to the album as a full as well it like kind of shakes you back out of uh the blissful feeling which is also cool um, and it's also mm. funny that they got in trouble for, like, stealing an Elvis thing, because the second song is called Come Together. So, like, really playing with fire <laughs> there, Spiritualized. <laughs> Taking on Elvis. Fuck you, uh, Beatles. Yeah. Uh, 
song from your preteen years then is why don't you get a job yeah by the offspring offspring. this was another tough call um Hmm. this came down to um either this or the live version of dump weed um by blink 182 but blink make the list slightly later hey hate to spoil my own episode but they're coming up (laughs) um so i went with why don't you get a job because again i remember buying this single um and it, it was just like it's crazy i'm allowed to just walk into a store and buy this and like my parents can't mm. stop me they've given me money for food and i've spent it on a cd single <laughs> um yeah and again like the chorus now it's the most obnoxious sounding song in the world but like at the time i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah why doesn't she get a job i'm 13 or whatever no i'd be even younger than that because this is like americana album so like yeah this is like late 90s so yeah i'd be like 11 yeah yeah um again yeah like the offspring were just like especially these songs like the offspring never really latched on to me in the same way that bands like green day or blink did Mm. um it was just pretty much a single to this album that i was like super into um pretty fly for a white guy why don't you get a job the pretty fly for a white guy b-side is no breaks which is another song from the album that i'm very familiar with solely because it was on a single right okay. um yeah that stuff loved it and then just never really like kind of left offspring in my uh pre-teens yeah but um yeah between this and yeah hearing enema of the state live uh no that yeah enema strikes back the mark tom and travis show that's the name of the album um the live blink album from around the same time i was just like holy shit i'm a music (laughs) guy now and these songs are they're rude yeah 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 i think that's what it was for me as well as there's a bit of swearing and it's like oh this is (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like i mean the offspring are a very tight band and like they don't they don't have the same appeal that yeah like blink did which is just like oh do these guys know how to play instruments they definitely don't know how to sing Mm. but i love it (laughs) yeah i um when i when i listened to this song i was i was i was thinking there's definitely i had an offspring song that i was like obsessed with and i couldn't it was just in the back of my mind somewhere and i looked it up before this and it was it's want you bad oh yeah it's from the next album yeah and the 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 nostalgia that hit me when i listened yeah. to that song i want you intense. all tattooed i want you bad yeah yeah i know that yeah song. god that was yeah absolute cracker between i was so into that that's um, like a yeah no i really like this one as well when you bad has like a teenage party vibe to it like mm-hmm. you can imagine like a teenager fantasizing about kissing the person they have a huge crush on to that song yeah 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 100 bar chords and horniness yeah basically yeah <laughs> song eight then is a cover so you're going with running scared by nick cave and the bad seats Yes, so it's a cover of a Roy Orbison song. Roy Orbison mm-hmm. is someone that has a couple of songs I'm like, this is sick, but I would never listen to a Roy Orbison album. I don't know why. It's not from snobbiness. I just think that I would get very bored. Yep. But yeah, this cover of this cover by Nick Cave, um, it's it's a B-side to his covers album, which makes this like a relatively deep cut, but um, Nick Cave mm. re-released all of his albums like on CD, when i was in high school so like i know a lot of the versions of like wrong versions of his albums like again this is one of these things that's just in my brain and i don't know if it's an interesting story but i'm gonna tell it um so yeah for some (laughs) reason his entire discography got re-released um 
mm-hmm. like and added CD bonus tracks. But they changed the running order of most of the albums, which is a weird move. Um, yeah. So like some of the albums they flipped what would have been side B and side A on a vinyl. Others they just moved like um, so like your funeral my trial, which is one of his early classics um it opens with two songs and then goes into the title track but for some reason they just like put the title track in the next song as song one and song two so anyway so my knowledge of nick cave albums is wrong now just because like i grew up listening to these (laughs) um but there is some benefits because sometimes the cd bonus tracks that were included which are just jammed into the middle of the run like the track list um Mm -hmm. are songs like this which um this didn't make the cut even though it's a great cover um Oh yeah, and it's I mean it's it's Nick Cave pretty much just doing a straight Roy Orbison cover just with his vocal style rather than um yeah yeah Roy's so it's not as soaring but like the song still builds up in the same way and it's just like I don't yeah. know the fact there's like no chorus or anything like that and it's just like da 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 and just keeps getting more and more and more like big it's good it's a great cover really like yeah. the song. It's it's incredible to be able to do that with like it's and it's it's not like it's a you know an epic vocal performance. Um, no, you know it's not like it's high energy, but and as you said, the, the sort of the beat is pretty straightforward, and the rest of the composition is is straightforward and yeah. simple. But God, it gets it gets to a very big and epic fever pitch towards the end. It's yeah, it's insane. It's insane. That's a great song. Though. Yeah, um, Nick Cave got a lot of good albums it's uh mm. famous for a reason <laughs> yeah good for nick yeah good man. well well done <laughs> song nine then a song that you would sing at karaoke so you're going with i miss you by blink one two yeah so i uh re- up until very recently wasn't sure what my karaoke song would be uh but mm. two weeks ago i did karaoke for the first time and uh me and uh fellow podcaster slash twitch streamer hayden 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 huh, as he is known on twitch yeah. or yep. hayden bleachmore as he is known on podcasting and real life um we're at a we're at like a it was a live music show but it was also like an end of year christmas party it was like the most hectic vibe for a show because like the people that had organized the show it was like open to like you didn't have to know the people to go but like right okay the vibe of the show was like what the one of the members of one of the bands had organized the whole bill and he'd booked like a comedian he likes to open proceedings then his friend's Mm -hmm. band then his band and then there was karaoke afterwards all in the same band room uh that people had paid like it was only like ten dollars for a ticket and the bands like the both bands that played were really good like one of them this was in a pretty small room and one of the bands that had played uh, their name's Blonde Revolver had just like supported Amel and the Sniffers and played another massive show the previous weekend so like there was a lot of people there to see them because they just discovered them okay. um, but yeah like the show was just crazy anyway karaoke started and Hayden was like what are we doing and I was like alright I guess we're doing this um, and he was he was pushing Numb by Linkin Park real hard and I was like do you know the song <laughs> And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he kept singing in the end. And I was like, that's not numb. <laughs> so anyway, we ended up doing I Miss You because I was like, look, it'll be funny. People will probably join in. Yeah. One of us can be Mark. One of us can be Tom. And yeah, um, yeah we'll just see how it goes. 
yeah. we got on stage and it immediately kicked off. Um, he he was like, "I'll go Mark," and I was like, "All right, I'll go Tom." And um, the moment the "Where are you?" and "I'm so sorry" part, like I probably could have just not done anything, but um, yeah, 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 crowd were into it. Yeah. Uh, but then also, like, I'm in a band, um, and, like, I'm the lead, lead singer, but sing, singer is very much pushing it. Lead yelling angry man. Um, okay. so, like, the moment that I had a microphone in my hand and, like, this started, I was like, well, I guess I'll just do it in the style that I know my voice can do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then immediately people were like, it just briefly turned into, like, what one of our shows would be like, which is, like, um leaning into the crowd crowd leaning into me and just like everyone yelling along um so that was fun so yeah I Miss You turns out is a good karaoke song that's what you want from a karaoke song I actually think it's a really good choice because you, you even if you're doing it solo you have the first verse which is like really easy to sing yeah and then you have to go for it in the next yeah. part but that's when you have the crowd on side yeah because they're already there for the first part. Yeah. So it's quite a smart strategic choice as well. I yeah. Like it. It's definitely better than Numb by Linkin Park, especially when you think Fuck me. that there's a verse in it <laughs> that is actually from In the End. Just. It was like, yeah, 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 it goes like this. How good is it going to be with this part? I'm like, that's not the right song. <laughs> uh, you should have let him do it. Just to watch. Well, it no, because the thing is, I would have been watching it happen on stage with him. <laughs> that's true that's true Nom would be a very ambitious choice if you're not a if you're not a singer yeah well so um so and Nom ended up being written down first and then we crossed it out and went for I Miss You but then later in the night someone did Nom anyway and yeah it, oh right like, okay. didn't go down as well as I Miss You that's but, great so you got to see you got to see what would have happened mm-hmm. if you'd and they the choice the people that picked it were definitely, definitely, definitely far more vocally talented than me. Sick. Okay. Job done. All right. Well, yeah. we're locking it in then. I miss you. Great choice. Uh, song 10 then. A song that reminds you of a specific place. So you've gone for The Caterpillar's Intervention by James Holden. So there is a music festival in uh, Victoria called Meredith Music Festival. And it... Mm-hmm. um. I've seen it listed on like international lists of like top 10 festivals from around the world. And it's a festival I've gone to for a last, well, pre the world ending the last like yeah, five yeah. or six years. Um, and I've seen so many bands there and heard so many live, like the, the festival has like the best festival ground I've ever been to. It has like a natural, um, amphitheater so like there's just mm-hmm. like a hill that leads to a stage and it's a one stage festival so okay you the entire lineup you can see if you wanted to and they that's don't cool. they don't structure the day and night uh in a way that's just like oh this is the big act so they'll play it this time it's like oh okay well this band will sound good in the morning like the really like rocking bands like three o'clock then it'll get like uh, might calm down a little bit around dinner time and then when the sun goes down that's when you get like huge acts again and then once it hits like 11 30 p.m it goes to like dance music so like they structure okay. the festival for like a, the premium listening experience rather than hey this band's paid the most money for so they should play last um right okay yeah and yeah like there's like a lot of stuff like that but um 
it means that because it's like it feels special being there like just the uh-huh. layout of everything and like i go with my friends um yeah so there's a couple of songs now that when i hear it just immediately transport transports me back and apparently it's like a really common thing for meredith in particular like people have like meredith songs where anytime they hear okay. it they're just like whoa i'm back kind of like a flashback basically um and this was the first song that did this to me um right it was like i saw james holden and factory floor back to back live at like it was like 1 30 till yeah factory floor i think played like 1 1 30 till like 2 15 a.m and then james holden was like 2 30 to like 4 a.m just mm-hmm. like in a field um yeah and like i hadn't really seen live dance music much before like i'd seen djs and stuff like that but james holden rolled in as he was djing live but also had a live drummer and this song he closed his set with and i think i went to heaven for a while like it was just (laughs) like killed me it was so huge and like me and my friends were just like looking at each other this was the first year we'd gone as well and we were just like holy Uh shit like it was just like huge and yeah anytime i hear this song i'm just like i'm back i'm there i remember that exact feeling oh that's class it's so hard to be like i'm not into dance music but yeah live performance of dance music especially if there are live instruments yeah is insanely good i there's a there's a band that my wife and i saw in in krakow um called a bass Estrel x ego i don't know how yeah. it's pronounced but that's that's how it's spilled yeah and they we just happened to walk into a a venue that they were playing and they had live horns live bass live guitar live drums uh strings as well and then they had the the two of them which is basically one guy's on vocals and one guy makes the beats and i'll never forget that show like the the energy in that room is just ridiculous yeah so, and yeah i think having like live drums with dance music is just yeah it was crazy. cool to um see him because yeah it was just literally like d- like decks and uh, like a full drum kit which like i mean yeah. i've seen like a bunch of live electronic music now and like like live seeing live instruments and stuff like that isn't i mean it's it's always cool to see but it's not super out of the ordinary but like right that that combo in particular like i've never seen that again and i really wish i could because it was so cool i know i I, i'm the same with that with that band from poland they've uh i meant to go see them again and they've broken up now so (laughs) never again anyway um song 11 song reminds you of a specific person so you're going with last night by the strokes yeah um so when i was thinking about this song that reminds me of a specific person i was like I have no fun or cool stories with a song that reminds me of a person. It's all lame shit of like, oh yeah, I remember hooking up to this song, or like, oh yeah, blah 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 blah. blah. Um, so originally it was a Fallout Boy song, but didn't want Fallout uh, Boy on the list twice. I don't, I don't, don't want them yeah. overrepresented. And also, I remembered. I definitely don't. And also, the song that I originally picked had like the exact type of title that you hate, and it even includes brackets. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, yeah, yeah, but. I had a moment. <laughs> but, um, I remembered that I've seen someone do, like, it wasn't like a dick move. 
but it was so funny and i guess it was a dick move uh so one of my friends uh he's also a podcaster and a dj and a chef Mm -hmm. and a children's author andrew levins the man that does way too many things um he yeah so he he was like a huge well not not like a huge dj but like he was um doing like did a lot of very big gigs like in the late 2000s was heavily involved with like modular records and stuff like that which was where bands like the presets and stuff like that came out of in australia which i don't know if they ever made it overseas but they went from nothing to so big here tame impala are also a modular records band they're big they're definitely big now um yeah anyway so um modular records got like heaps of hype and like Levens worked for them and like he ended up booking a Daft Punk tour of Australia like the last time they ever t- toured here and he put himself on the bill so he DJed with Daft Punk which is pretty funny anyway fast forward to like this would have been like 2019 I reckon um, he was down in Melbourne so he lives in Sydney and he was like oh I'm DJing at like um, this pizza joint that's like also a bar it's like my friends like I really like their food and like I'm kind of friends with them she come down we went down and like he's just a really good dj um really good at just like keeping like a party vibe the whole time whilst also playing what he wants to hear but will also happily take requests mix them in so seamlessly Mm -hmm. so yeah we're all having fun got to like 1 30 or 2 a.m and because it was like a pizza place the owner came out and was like hey thanks so much for coming that was the last song um been a pleasure everyone's eaten heaps of pizza drank so much beer and you've had a dance and played some pool and because the venue itself it wasn't it's not made to have like a dj so there's no real dance floor but people had right. kind of made their own because it was like the music was good mm-hmm. um but then yeah so after this speech everyone was getting ready to go and then levens who had just been told he'd played his last song just like went over to his decks and then just like hit play and like played last night by the strokes and the venue almost exploded like people were like <laughs> just like because they'd expected like they'd heard the last song so they were like ah and we're like leaving and then the riff at the start of last night started and then people just like went from like zero to eight thousand i've like <laughs> the venue owner must have been so upset because like it got it was like it got so silly and it's a short song like people were like waving chairs yeah, yeah. around it was just like <laughs> just anarchy and yeah, yeah it was so funny it's like such a rude song to play as well at like the mm. hey because it's not like a it's definitely not a leave quietly into the night song it's like a hell yeah we're back um yeah so yeah, shouts to Levens for playing that song, and it was so funny. And also, great song. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's funny because ex- that you think that's exactly why the owner said that was the last song, not this is the last yeah. song. Because, yeah. Because of that exact reason of how yeah. Sylvia got. Yeah. Wow. Lovely. Song 12, song that motivates you. So you're going for The Lord's Favourite by Ice Age. Yes, um, so Ice Age are, uh, part, well, they used to be, like, a hardcore influence punk band. They've kind of mellowed out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they definitely have mellowed out. They're definitely more, like, post-punky now. Um, but The Lord's Favorite, uh, was a song that kind of dropped, I think I was going through a breakup? I don't know, I was going through something. And I just mm-hmm. remember, like, the song, it's, like, kind of kind of like 
from like a guy who's just like backing himself's hard point of view but it was just like mm-hmm. things are chill fuck everything else and I just remember like I thrashed a lot and it used to just make, make me feel better about life I guess yeah. But yeah this was like quite a while ago now and yeah um yeah it was just like real good to be like oh yeah things might feel like this shit but like I'm the lord's favourite baby <laughs> I'm always interested in songs that fall into this category that aren't songs like what your dad put on that tape yeah, um, or on that playlist uh, those sort of workout anthems yeah so that energy that you get from the song is that like when you listen to it now do you still get that feeling is that something oh, you yeah. go back to to it's, remind um, yourself of that do you think I haven't listened to it in a while um, mostly because like Ice Age used to be like a band I like adored but they kind of they haven't gone bad they just like changed into a style that doesn't interest me as much um right. this album was probably the last album they released that I like really really liked um which I cannot remember the name of anyway it's the third album um yeah cause they started listening like yeah they started as like teens that were like clearly into like hardcore kind of stuff and then uh-huh. um yeah like noisy punky albums and then they released this because they'd clearly been listening to um music that you probably wouldn't openly say you listen to these days so shouts to ice age for uh, getting through that without people being like so you're influenced by death in june it's very obvious they're a band that <laughs> exist but um yeah we got a lot of questions for you uh lyrically <laughs> how do you feel about them there's one right answer <laughs> Um, but then also, I guess the fact that I know what their influences are also puts me in the firing line. I don't like Death in June. <laughs> okay, I'm um, cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> Determined to get you cancelled. Yeah. When, when you said that, I'm going to replace it with you saying I wish I had COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> song 13. Then a song that someone introduced you to. So you've gone with the new workout plan by Kanye West. Yeah. So this is a song on Kanye's first album, College Dropout. And because this is one of those albums that just goes for a million years, I'd only ever really listened to the singles. And, like, I got into Kanye around the same time everyone did. Like, the 808s and Heartbreaks slash my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy singles. Like, um, Love Lockdown and stuff like that from 808s and Heartbreaks. And then, like, Power from... Um, they came out, like, a couple of years apart. And I was like, I think I like Kanye now. Uh, so I listened mm-hmm. to those albums, but never went really far back to uh, College Dropout until... Uh, couple of years ago when one of my friends was like Kanye's best songs uh is his feature on American Girls and his second best song is uh New Workout Plan I was like I don't think I've heard New Workout Plan but I'll back your call about American Girls that's a funny choice anyway put it on and I was like oh this song is so sick um and apparently like it was it was huge ish in like clubs and stuff like that but like I'm slightly too young like I missed all of that um right but yeah it's like I mean it's it's in poor taste but it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah the... it's just like it's silly as well it's yeah it's just good stuff and also it, it's like when i heard that i was like i gotta listen to this whole album and yeah college dropout mm. there's a reason people call it a classic <laughs> well done kenya mm. um, i feel like kanye doesn't get yeah. enough praise so here on this podcast <laughs> we're happy to say kanye west good we support every we support every single decision he's made. 
Yeah. I'm taking it down with me. I edit this. The um the turn at about the is it must be about the three and a half minute mark. Yeah. And um, where it gets into that um that's right, put in work. Yeah. That that change of rhythm is so fucking good. Yeah. I I was sort of in like I've I, I give these like six or seven lessons before we do the show and the first couple of times I listened to it I wasn't really into it until that last bit. Yeah. And I'm more into it now. But that 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 rhythm just yeah. really hooked me. It's like it's so good. He's made a song that does sound like it plays at a gym, but then also yeah. plays in a club. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, well, he's done well there. Good old Kanye. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, and we support all of his decisions. Every single one. <laughs> song fourteen, a song you wouldn't expect to like. Uh, you're going happier than ever by Billie Eilish. Yeah, so this is kind of. This question, to be honest, out of all of them, is uh, probably the toughest song to pick. Just because, like, at this point in my life, I'm not... Like, there's no type of music or anything like that that I'm like, oh, I would never listen to that. Like, I'll, yeah, yeah, like I've yeah. tried out every genre at this point. Like, there's stuff that I listen to where like there's only like a couple of artists in this kind of scene that I like where the rest doesn't do anything for me but like I've had so many experiences where I've listened to something that I would have normally avoided and realized it ruled that there isn't like anything anymore that I'm like oh I shouldn't listen to that because it's dog except for like bands like Death and June like I mentioned before there's bands you should definitely avoid um but uh yeah like there's like nothing you just really... inadvertently put death and june and billy eilish in the same category mm, i'm trying to take billy eilish down with me now too <laughs> um yeah so it's so like look i'm just gonna quickly go on a death and june tangent again because okay. they're a band that i've been aware of since high school and like i get what they were doing but it a like it's not music for now but mm. there are so many bands that like very very clearly wear that influence on their sleeve still and i just don't understand mm. how no one's like so question because that's a feasible <laughs> question like you pick a different band <laughs> um any other of, band yeah any other like gothy kind of folky yeah, yeah. like i just edgy I, yeah i i guess anyway the reason that I picked Billie Eilish is happier than ever is because I wasn't expecting to like it because the rest of the album sucks. But then this okay. song starts and I was like, ah, oh. like at first I didn't pay that much attention. Cause like when I was listening to it, like when it came out, cause I like, I quite like her first album, but yeah, yeah. Happier than ever dropped. And I was like, oh no, this is a weird choice for her. Cause she isn't like, this is a big call by me, but like happier than ever feels like she's kind of appealing to like old heads of music rather than like someone like Olivia Rodrigo that it's like well yeah I'm making music for the like teens basically or like the people that are like gonna yeah. be relevant in the music scene um mm -hmm. where yeah Happier Than Ever kind of sounds like yeah I don't know what why anyway uh but then the actual song Happier Than Ever starts and it's so good like it's by far the best song on the album like uh, I've listened to it a bunch mm -hmm. since. I haven't even thought about the rest of the songs. And I'm pretty sure it's a closing track. So, like, it just, like, 
took me by such surprise and it's yeah it's fun it's angsty um mm. it's yeah it's it's just good stuff um yeah oh no sorry it's the second last song on the album but still oh. after like 15 songs yeah. of me being like billy why did you do this and then this song i'm like oh no okay this rips you <laughs> we're friends again now all is forgiven yeah yeah no i i am very much the same in terms of how i view music and it's a big theme of this podcast is you know used to be very judgmental about music and like fallout boy is a really good example and there's loads of stuff that i probably would have written off and i think billy eilish is probably one of those artists yeah if i was listening to her when i was like 17 18 i would have just thought it was shit um but yeah this is an unbelievably good song it's so good like when the yeah again when they when they get that that turn towards the end of the song the yeah the the when she's guitars come in and stuff it's just starts yelling it's good yeah and especially considering like a lot of the stuff i I don't don't listen to an awful lot of billy eilish but the vast majority of the stuff that i listen to her performing is very very lo-fi kind of vibe it's Mm. like she's not putting a lot of energy in but yeah this is yeah intense yeah well it's it's kind of so weird i think we're gonna start seeing more and more songs like this because from just the younger generation i guess the like couple Mm. of I say younger generation. I'm fucking old. We're old. Unfortunately, in the music industry, yeah. we're so old. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of, like, like hyper-pop especially is, like, really influenced by, like, what used to be, like, scene music. So I think we're going to end up with, mm. like, a lot of pop songs that just all of a sudden just have yelling or, like, high-energy vocals or, like, screaming just because, like, yeah, that's what they're listening to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. I'm excited. Mm. Pop music's yeah, going to get I'm weird sure. again. Well, I mean, it already has, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to keep going. Yeah, song fifteen, a song you think everyone should listen to. So you've gone for "He'll Never Be an Old Man River" by Tism. That's it. Uh, so Tism, they are like the most baffling band to ever have existed. Uh, they never made it overseas, but for some reason they were inexplicably, inexplicably huge in Australia, but any time they were asked to do anything ever, it was always a disaster. Not because they were bad at their instruments, just because they have zero respect for anyone that asked them to do anything. So every story I've heard about this band, because again, they're from like the late 80s, early 90s, so I'm like way too young to have like seen them. But like, they just caused so much havoc and wrote such weird songs for people to latch on to um this song in particular mm. i mean i just think it's a great song but also it's funny and like uh mocking the real life death of someone that didn't die that long before this song uh got them into a fist fight with flea from red Hot chili peppers because it's about his friend yeah um i read that just flat out insane stuff like this song came out in like 95 <laughs> and river phoenix died in like 93 or something i think um they changed their style for this album which is called Mac- machiavelli and the four seasons mm-hmm. uh because the music they were playing previously had started to because they were playing like um it's kind of like synthy rock or well, not like that synthy but like um kind of like yeah like rock with like synthy kind of stuff um but like more like more like a straightforward like poppy rock kind of stuff and that had become really popular and they were like well fuck that we don't be making music that people actually want to hear so then they released this album which is kind of like 
it's like still the same thing but they like speed up a bit so like the the like the, the guitars and stuff like that are i guess a little more like alternative like punky but then like the synths and stuff are like way more like techno-y influenced so you're just like cacophony of just chaos the whole way through all the lyrics on all of the mm. songs are just like nightmare but yeah this song in particular it's so good like um the chorus is i'm on the drug that killed river phoenix just like that phrase repeated a bunch and that's the opening track of the album you know what you're getting in for um and yeah, yeah. just like i wish i wish i i wish i was 10 years older just so i could have seen them live because like they got asked to play um so yeah like just like he's just like some very brief stories about tism they got asked to play like the opening of a big music superstore um and they parked like their truck behind the stage um it was a virgin superstore so richard branson owned it um Mm -hmm. they started their show by throwing pamphlets to a local record store directly into the crowd saying to support small (laughs) businesses played a song the lead singer then went on a huge diatribe about how Richard Branson had kidnapped his child and that if he didn't play this show he would never see his son again then the truck <laughs> had like a banner that rolled down that was just like f- I can't remember if it said like fuck Richard Branson or if it was like again like an advertisement for this small business anyway so whilst yeah. uh, the lead singer is yelling about how Richard Branson has his kid and he wants to see his kid and like don't support this man because <laughs> he kidnaps children the band packed up got in the truck and then just drove away mid-set um there's another instance of like um they got asked to play like a variety show um and they rolled in with like 40 members uh-huh. and like cause tism wear masks no one knew who was actually in the band and who wasn't um <laughs> so yeah there's a live performance on hey hey it's saturday of a song called saturday night palsy which is also an insane song to play on television um mm-hmm. where yeah there's like 40 to 50 people just miming along to this song and you just can't tell what's going on or who's in the band or what it's just um for before they released their first album they rode right on lawnmowers into a radio studio for an interview they once asked like they did an interview on a footy oval and refused to come within like I think it was like 400 meters of the interviewer so they answered their questions through a megaphone they're just the most annoying band and I love them so much like I have a tism tatter wow okay um yeah so I I had not heard this song before uh huh and the stories that you're telling me are like they're like they would be so fucking annoying to be around but those Uh are all funny stories what are they what are they doing here because it feels like sometimes with with bands like this the the aim just seems to be to upset people yeah and if that was the aim then mission accomplished but are they saying anything beyond that or are they just being like are they are they just trying to annoy everyone it's weirdly enough it's very similar to like i guess die like a rock star like by danny brown where i mean it's just like a um also something in this song that is very funny to do is like right at the end of the song they take a bet on who they think is going to die next and they land on michael jackson yeah yeah i i thought of when this song was released when i heard that because i i thought that was uh i thought it was yeah. after i had no idea ninety-five. Um, yeah so they were predicting michael jackson's death 10 years before it happened which look again something i find quite funny to put in a song that you're releasing um yeah but i think it's just like yeah idolizing the uh like rock star dying young culture because like mm. taking the same drugs that killed river phoenix um booking a seat on leonard skidded's plane 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I think that because, like, a lot of their songs are like this, where it's just, like, kind of mocking people for idolizing uh, bands, I guess, in general. Because, like, Tism are weird like that. Well, not weird. They're not weird. Like, annoying is probably a better thing. I don't know. I find them very funny. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of sense. the decisions they made and a lot of, like, song lyrics and stuff like that attack, like, the music industry and attack, like, their mm. fans for listening to their music and, like... Like, the last song on their last album is called Tism of Shit. Like, that was the last song they released, technically. Um, and, like, right, okay. their last tour, they pretended they were doing a fundraiser. So they did a telethon as their last show. Like, so uh-huh. they were just set up on stage, but had, like, people pretending to do a telethon behind them, and they didn't raise enough money. Raise enough money, so they broke <laughs> up. Even though, like... Um, yeah. That's a good bit. Yeah, so it's just like it's just constant, and like because Tism's lyrics are like, well, yeah, because the tattoo I have just says "What are you?" which is one of their other singles, mm-hmm. um, which is like everyone is either, uh, uh, so yeah, either like basically it's like you're either a jock or a nerd, but um, Yob or a wanker is the two they go with because they're Australian, um, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so it's like, do you like, um, so yeah, the whole song is just like, do you like this person or this person, this thing or this thing? Because like the, it, which is kind of a comment on Tism fans, because like a lot of their lyrics have like weird liter like literary references or references to like, just like very offhanded, obscure references to like stuff that only like quite learned people would know. But then also they've got songs mm. that clearly are just meant to like ignite a pit. Um, so they played one right. show because they were often like there's two types of Tism fans people that stand at the front and people that stand at the back uh, right. and they played one show once where after a couple of songs they'd turn the lights off and then turn them back on and they'd be at the back of the sh- like the other end of the venue <laughs> so that the crowd had technically switched without them knowing right okay so yeah that was um good stuff um what? so yeah like yeah the song is just like I mean it's clearly intended to mock the dead but then also, yeah, mock people for being like, it's so cool that, like, this guy threw his life away. It's cool, man. Yeah. Um, cause it, yeah. so yeah, all the, every member of the band kept their identity anonymous. They had fake names for the band. And it turned out that the lead mm-hmm. singer was a high school teacher. Oh, shit. Right, okay. mm. Um, probably good call. Yeah. Uh, people kind of figured it out late in their career because they realized they only toured during school holidays. But, um, yes, because wasn't there a theory that it was the Wiggles? Yeah, there was, like, there was a lot of theories, like, and that, like, maybe they were made up of, like, politicians and AFL footballers. A lot of dumb stuff mm. was thrown around. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, they were just made up of, like, random members of the scene, and, yeah, like, the lead singer, a high school teacher. Wow. Excellent. Great band. Very oh. ridiculous, <laughs> and it's insane that they had any type of popularity. Um, the fir- their first I album... I stories, they were, like, yeah... Their first album, Great Trucking Songs of the Renaissance, is, like, two vinyl. Mm-hmm. One is, like, quite a tight, like, poppy, like, synthy pop rocking album. Where, like, yeah, there's some songs that have, like, really silly lyrics. But if they had to just release that, would have been quite mm-hmm. successful. But instead, it's a double album. And the second album is all, like, experimental songs and, um, like, diatribes and just, like, yelling. And closes with a song. Mm-hmm about how Jim Morrison's a piece of shit that goes like seven minutes and um 
Yeah, just like how much they hate the doors and hate Jim Morrison and how he wasn't clever and it's good he's dead. And that's <laughs> like the song also goes after like Nick Cave and Morrissey and like private school kids. It's just like just for an op- like a closing <laughs> track of your first ever album. It's a big swing. Yeah. It's um, if you want to, if anyone wants to hear that song, it's called Morrison Ho- uh, Host <laughs> Morrison Hostel. <laughs> Morrison Hostel. Okay, we'll check um, out. Or even if you want to read the lyrics and be like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, Joel, on that note, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug or promote while I have you? Uh, well, yeah, like I'm part of the Sandspence Radio Network. If you want to hear me on other stuff, not talking about music, but talking about like movies and other dumb pop culture stuff, you can hear me on uh, Plumbing the Death Star, Thumb Cramps, which is a video game podcast, uh, Baseless Speculation, which is another pop culture podcast, or I have a podcast called How Goods Footy, which is an AFL podcast. Um, find me there. Just Google me if you want, I guess. Probably won't find anything cool, but <laughs> why not? Give it a crack. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And that is it for episode 14 of Mixtape and Identity. Thank you so much for listening. I was going to say go and check out Joel, but I can't imagine there's a world in which you're listening to this show and you haven't listened to a Joel Dushu podcast, but just on the off chance, they're all very good. So go and check them out. Joel also has a band, which he mentioned in the show, but he didn't plug. Uh, the band is XKXI, and you can find their music on Spotify. Uh, very screamy kind of punk vibes if you're into that it's good stuff i'm enjoying it if you want to support this show then a few different ways you can do that we do have a coffee link set up so if you want to support us financially there's no monthly obligation but you can throw us a couple of quid and uh, tell me that you've enjoyed the show if that's not an option for you then you you can support us in numerous different ways leave a review say a nice thing uh, tell your friends all that good stuff I'm also starting to stream on Twitch, all very new, very exciting. Uh, so go and follow me there at Yak Enemy. Um, lots of fun things planned, potentially some crossover with this show. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, go, go and follow me and you can, you can see what happens. I'll be back next week for episode 15. So in the meantime, look after yourselves and we'll speak to them. <laughs>